producing really gave me that power to do my own stuff and made me feel like, oh, this is how I can, how I can make it happen. Because when I was just acting, I, I felt like I had the ideas, but not the tools. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, empowering actors to create episode 14. I'm Leslie Shannon. And I'm Elise Siebert. Joining us today is actor-producer Sarah Wharton. She is on the lookout for stories for her upcoming narrative slash documentary about marriage called The Ring Thing. We also get into improvised film. And seeing your authentic self. And welcoming it with with open open arms. Manifesting, no, it's not weird at all. I wish that was, for me, it's like the complete opposite. I like see like the end of the world is what's happening in my brain. And so I've been trying to slowly like move myself more toward your thought process. (laughs) Um, It's like wishful thinking. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it too. I'm going to will it to happen. I was like, I need that to happen more and more. Mm -hmm. Well, Sarah and I were realizing that we totally know each other. Oh, you do? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, you guys know so many of the same people. And you're an Adler... Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It and we graduated like right around the same time. Same time. Yeah. Um, and I know her boyfriend. He was in the year um below me. Awesome. Yeah. So it's awesome. a it's so much more of a small world than you realize too. Have you ever had that like experience where you are you meet someone else that's in the the in an actor or producer or director or writer or whatever, you meet them, you go to friend them on Facebook or whatever social media and you realize you have like 35 mutual friends. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a small world. It is. And especially Facebook is so weird because there are these people that come up as suggested friends or whatever, and you have 60 or 100 friends in common. And you're like, how have I not already met this person in real life? Yeah. And it's probably going to happen. So I might as well just like click add friend and be like, hey, so sometime we're going to meet each other. (laughs) I feel like as long as you do that with an accompanying message, then that's fine. I I always find it very strange when you get the random um, people who send you friend you. requests. You're like, I always look at mutual friends. Me too. And then yeah. it's like zero and you're like, um, no. you're like, mm, no. my answer but if they is have, no. if they have mutual friends, I'm like, okay. Yeah, must know each other. <laughs> I'm like, I probably just don't remember because my brain is no boy enough sometimes. <laughs> I was like, it's too tired. It's too tired yeah. to remember. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. Um, so, what are you, what are you working on right now? What do you have going on right now? Um, so, this morning, actually, I was doing an interview for this documentary combo f- narrative feature film that I'm working on. Awesome. Whoa. Called yeah. The Ring Thing. And it's sort of a follow-up to my last film, That's Not Us, which was about long-term relationships and how to make love last. And the story writers and director and DP got married while we were on the festival circuit. (laughs) That's that's what I was very much about their relationship together. I feel like it's like therapy for them to sort of be putting their relationship into films. (laughs) And so they, they got engaged and they got married and there's been a lot of processing about that, I think, because, well, marriage is a big thing as you both know. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. Especially, um, as a same-sex couple, and now that marriage equality has happened, it just feels like the conversation about it has really changed. And there's so many things, you know, 
that I think are so important to, to talk about when it comes to really making that decision to commit to somebody, but also how the LGBT community has always been at the forefront of reinventing what relationships look like and what marriage looks like. And for the longest time, they had to make it their own because they weren't allowed to be a part of the institution as it existed. The norm of it. Yeah. 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 So it's just, it's been so interesting to start to talk to people about, you know, why did you get married? People, especially people who got married before it was legal or got married in one place and now they are recognized everywhere and have really been through the whole movement towards marriage equality. And of course, there's still so much that we have to fight for um, in terms of equality and acceptance. And And acceptance and just being viewed as people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this morning I was talking to a really wonderful couple who they've been together for 30 years and they in 2010 decided to get married in every state that they could which at the time was six i believe and oh so, my god that's so beautiful <laughs> really really beautiful their film is called they made a film about it it's called married and counting um and they just have like the most loving relationship and such a commitment to one another and you can just see like the partnership between them is so solid. And at a certain point during the interview, I think my eyes just got like super wide and sort of star and I just wanted to hug them and, and I just admire them so much, you know, sex aside, like being a same sex couple aside and how brave what they did was, uh, their relationship is so, brave and the way they love each other is so brave so and romantic like so how romantic, romantic is it to yeah. get married in multiple states like I've never even heard of anyone doing yeah. that and you know like to honor that and to be like well we c- like it's legal in these places so let's honor that and celebrate that yeah um that's such a cool story to hear yeah so and- the 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 ring thing the the film focuses on a lesbian couple who is deciding whether they should get married or not. Um, and I'm playing one of the characters, and the character is making a documentary in the film. So we get super meta. We're actually making the documentary. documentary but it's yeah, in the film. But it's in the film. Yeah. So oh, a la that's really cool. When Harry Met Sally, there's going to be these interviews interwoven throughout the film. Oh, that's awesome. But I mean... That sounds beautiful. That sounds so beautiful. I'm so excited. It's so, it's, I'm so, so excited. it's so relevant right now, too, with, you know, all of the horrible things that have been happening. I mean, it's it's always it's always so startling to me when there are strides that are made forward for something, how steps back happen at the there's, same time. There's a little bit of backlash always. You always, know? yeah. It's, but I always feel like it's like 10 steps forward, three steps back, 10 more steps, you know, like you make progress, but then it's it's not like the backlash doesn't bring us back to where we were before, but it does kind of, there is a little bit of it and you feel it and something to be talked about too. Yeah. This couple I was talking to this morning were saying that, yeah, now that marriage equality has happened, there's 
it's like, yeah, this exactly a backlash. There's this vitriol, this hatred that comes out even more strongly. And when an oppressed group of people makes a stride forward, the, their oppressors will push back even more strongly. And that's terrifying and such a, I feel like it, it must just feel like a, like an extra weight right. against you after you've worked so hard for something to have it thrown back at you in such a violent way. And I asked them, I'm like, what, what do you do? What do, what do you do? And they said, well, we just have to keep holding hands and walk down the street, letting people know oh who gosh. we are. Because Oh my God, I love them. I don't even know them. They're the best. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I want them like, to be my friends. Yes. <laughs> then they, and I mean, it seems like everything they do in their life has just been with such aggressive joy. And, and that's the way, I think that's the way that you combat all yeah, of that is just to be so joyful too. in spite of it. And mm-hmm. then you can't help but make a change and inspire the people around you because, you know, it love. That's, I think, the misconception that people have about so many things in life, so much conflict in life. The way to approach it is not to hit conflict with conflict. It is to hit conflict with love. And if you mm-hmm. do that, that's when the real changes are made. And that's what we need more of. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so difficult, especially when 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 violence is happening. Yes. And yeah. when it feels yeah. really, really scary. You know, I feel I feel like it's sort of easy to say we need to respond with love. Oh, and it's another yeah. thing entirely to be able to do it. And so the people that can and have and i really see the lgbt community as having done that 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 movement has always been based on love and they've fought with sticks and stones too because they needed to right but it's it's always been at the core about love and i think that's part of what makes them such a powerful community and i've just i've i feel like i've i've been an honorary member of it over the past year because we made That's Not Us and then did a very LGBT-centered festival circuit. And it was really amazing because I felt like for the first time in my life, I was walking into a room and didn't feel like anything was expected of me. And I didn't have to be a certain thing. And no one assumed anything about me. I think, especially in the filmmaking world, being female, <laughs> being a female who looks a certain way yep. also. Um, on my previous film festival experiences, I've felt either I was relegated to the role of actress and therefore not really worth talking to because I'm not famous and Actresses are just actresses. Like they don't know anything. <laughs> and I'm, oh, yeah. I must no, be I kind of stu- yeah. like that's just the sense that I got yeah. from people. And yeah. if I really sort of, you know, put my pants on and was like, but I'm the producer, then people were like confused by by that personality too, because that's also not really who I am. I am a producer, but I'm not like bossy pants producer. And I'm not a bossy pants person. So I think that personality was just felt like 
who is this person? Yeah, it's like wearing someone else's skin almost. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so I definitely, I've, I felt a lot of sexism and I felt a lot of being discarded because I felt replaceable or not unique, you know, some, something. You know, I I did a site visit for a project I'm working on and um, I showed up first and we were we were wanting to shoot there and it was fine. They were talking to me about everything. And then um, another producer showed up who was a man. And then all the questions started getting directed to him. And I think I'm also, we, we've had a lot of women filmmakers on lately. So the sexism conversation has come up a lot recently. So I think I'm also very like looking, not looking for it, but I, when tune. I see it, I see it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> But it's real. It's a I real know. thing. I know. Every I single know. day. And then also, this is something I feel like we haven't talked about yet. But have you noticed a difference in how you're treated on a day when you are, when you've like, quote unquote, taken care of yourself or you have on makeup and you have your like hair done and you're wearing nice clothes? Do you notice the difference mm-hmm. that you're treated on a day like that as opposed to a day when you're in your oh, yeah. workout clothes? And yeah, oh, yeah, it's appalling. Yeah. It's by like, strangers and by by acquaintances yes you know yes it's not yeah yeah and that's like not what it's fucking about like do men have to experience that i don't know i don't, I don't know. think so not not I mean, on the not, same level that we do no or for I mean, them it's different i think so yeah i mean they put on a t- t-shirt <laughs> instead of a dress shirt like it like you know like we put on a t-shirt and it's like oh you you didn't like take care of yourself today are you okay yeah <laughs> like, are you sick a, like for for me because i'm like because i'm gent like a like a true blonde when i don't have on any sort of eye makeup or i haven't enhanced my eyebrows we'll mm-hmm. say um you can't see all of that and i have had on various occasions and i've talked to my husband about it a lot are you okay do you feel all right are you sick i'm mm-hmm. like Yes, I'm fine. Like just because I am not, I don't have makeup on, doesn't make me less of a human being. It just means that like this is what people look like who are blonde. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> what do you want? But it like you get treated differently. But blondes look like Marilyn Monroe. Oh yeah, except for she wasn't blonde. No. <laughs> <laughs> and and no one looks like Marilyn Monroe. Not yeah, Marilyn let's Monroe. be real too. Yeah. Yes, no one looks like Marilyn Monroe. Very but true. there is that that perception out yes. there and so for for that's not us i i cut off my hair right. i used to have this I, yes. really long yeah. princess hair uh-huh. and i it was dirty blonde i mean at the t- it was sort of like dark blonde but very long and i and i loved my hair i was sort of attached to it but the director will sullivan who's one of my favorite people in the world and such an amazing artist he 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 sort of pulled me aside. He was like, how do you feel about cutting your hair? And I was like, oh. I've always <laughs> wanted an excuse to, to do, do something really, really different. And I think I was just afraid that if I did it on my own, then it was going to, I don't know, it was going to become a, a different thing. It would be like the end of your career well, or like and whatever. And it's like, <laughs> you have to fucking think about your damn headshots because right. nobody has an imagination. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's like... Yeah, you know, it's a whole th- it is. It's a whole thing. But I had this excuse. And if it was terrible, then I could say, well, it was for a film. Right. So yeah. it wasn't my fault. Yeah, <laughs> I did it um, for this project. Yeah. I cut it all off and dyed it lighter. And all of a sudden I stopped getting catcalled 
on the street, people stopped calling me sweetheart in the stores. Like even even women like going into Dwayne Reed or, or honey, whatever and they're honey. Here you are, hun. And I know it's coming from a place of just nice customer service, but it fucking drives me insane <laughs> because I just I know I know that I act very sweet and nice, but I when that happens, I just want to say like I'm not a little girl. Yeah. Well, I'm not and, your honey. I'm not your sweetheart. I don't even know you. Please don't call me that. Right. That's what I yeah, want to say. Yeah. Don't spend too much time in the south. Because <laughs> that is like rampant. My <laughs> my my brother, who is like the nicest person, like a giant teddy bear he 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 uses a lot of terms like that he means them from the best place possible and he's very like forward for for women but yeah like it's just ingrained it's yeah. just a part of the culture and it can be infuriating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was one of the things Elise and I have talked about this I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast before about how when when I got married I debated whether or not to change my name because oh, yeah. no I don't think we have talked about this I debated not whether or not to change my name because I didn't want to be, well, especially when you get super, like, traditional, like, old school people who would call me Mrs. and use his name. I was like, mm, nope. Nope. I'm married. I didn't lose my identity. Yeah. I'm still a human being, and I still have the same name. Kevin always, he loves it because he, he loves to see me enraged. If we get <laughs> if we get, if we get a wedding invitation and it's like Mr. and Mrs. Kevin Bouchon and he just like puts it in front of me and waits for me to be like, I am not Mrs. Kevin Bouchon. Yeah. Like I am Mrs. Bouchon, but I'm not Mrs. Kevin Bouchon. You're like, yeah. I have a first name. Yes. Like, yeah. Come on. It's like, it, it's, it's one of those things. But the amount of... Things like that that are ingrained into society that I think people who are not women, they just don't realize it. Unless yeah. and, and I think that's why we have a obligation almost to like not in a way that's like pushy or like mean or rude, but we have an obligation to educate people on what our experience experience is, and that's why creating films is a great way to do that. Yes, it is. So tell us a little bit more about um, it's That's Not Us, right? Mm-hmm. It, I watched the trailer for it. It looks incredible. It thinks. looks beautiful. It does. The way it's shot and about the relationships. And how it, it it's, you talk about it. I'm not yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the DP, Derek Dodge, is just incredible and a lot of the reason that it looks so beautiful is because his work is so beautiful and we it came from a real place of just wanting to do something creative with friends and have a chance to mess up and not really be beholden to anyone um, in our creative choices so Will and Derek came up with an outline which was very much based on their relationships and centered it around these three couples who were each in sort of a different stage of a long-term relationship. The straight couple, Liz and Dougie, have been together for about two years. And then they're, they're in that place of like, everything is really great. They're still having like great sex, sort of in the honeymoon phase still, but they haven't quite gotten to each other's vulnerability yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the male couple has been together for longer, maybe five years, and one of them just got into grad school and might have to move across the country. 
And so they're in that place of, oh, we, we love each other so much. This We just moved in together. This relationship feels like the thing. But am I going to stop you from following this dream of yours? And can we survive being apart? What do we do about that? And then the female couple, of which I played one of the women, have been together the longest and are in that place of a sexual rut. <laughs> and it's not because of falling out of love in any way. It's just that their communication is off. They're sort of passing ships in the night, and they're just never quite meeting one another in the way that they need to. So they all go away together for this weekend and all of those conflicts kind of bubble as they are out of their routine and also comparing themselves to the other couples as happens when you're with your friends or with with other people um and we rehearsed pretty intensely over the summer so we we went knowing what we were going to do but it was all improvised so none of the conversation was ever scripted and You'll see in the film there are a lot of jump cuts because there was just no continuity, really. Um, but we shot in eight days. So how was that experience doing something that was mostly improvised? Um, I, I loved it. I just, it puts you in a place where you have to listen so intensely to your scene partner. And you can never get into a pattern of just saying your lines because you know them or getting into sort of like an emotionally rehearsed place Mm -hmm. and having the opportunity to have it truly be new every time and notice when something didn't feel quite right or honest and then so to be able to go back and do it again and look at that and and I I felt like I just had the sensation the whole time of peeling off layers of myself and really, really dedicating to myself to be more open than I ever had been before. And I think when I watch it now, it the parts that make me uncomfortable are when I can see myself being myself the most. Mm-hmm. And that's such an interesting thing to sort of look like look at my face doing things or my voice doing things that I know are so true to me and not liking them and wondering what that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, as you know, the process of making a film and going through post-production and then marketing it and doing the festival circuit and all that stuff, you just end up watching it so many times. And it's kind of felt like just confronting myself over and over and over again and getting to the place where I'm like, okay, I'm okay with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'll just accept these things that I don't like so much. And I, I can't control myself in the way that I might want to, but I think that's a good thing. But those are those moments to me when I see people being their authentic, true self are the most beautiful moments. I don't like them in myself. I agree with you. Yeah. When you're watching yourself, you're like, no. You're like, but oh, when you're gosh. watching other people, especially because I'm in a couple of like on-camera practice groups, so we meet and do scenes all the time. So you get to know people's tics and quirks mm-hmm. and what they do when they're uncomfortable or they're not present. But like the moments when they're like most alive are usually when they're most themselves yeah. and most authentic. And mm-hmm. those are, that's like, the moments that you catch yourself staring at people at a coffee shop or at dinner because you're watching them be human, yes, you know? Yes, definitely. 
And what imp- in, like having an outline and improvising, what a beautiful way to invite spontaneity in. Absolutely. And the camera loves, loves spontaneity. Mm-hmm. It does. How did you guys, so was, I know that it was improvised. Did you have guidelines as, to far, as far as like what the scene was essentially supposed to be about and that's how it was structured? Yeah, so the outline really served as the script um, and we knew really intimately the arcs of each scene and what was happening between the characters and where we needed to get in each place and sort of, you know, almost the beats because we'd rehearsed it a lot. Um, and then, of course, with the understanding that it could all change. Right. Well, and knowing the backstory, right? Like yes. you, it, to improvise all that, you have to really flush out. And if you guys were rehearsing, like flushing that backstory out so you know where you're coming from. Yeah, a lot of our rehearsal was like, what was your first date? And when did you decide to move in together? And, you know, let's go back to this fight that you had so that we had these experiences together on set that we both were living with. And then it was really interesting on set to be watching the monitor when, like, you know, say my partner was in a scene with someone else and she would say things about me or I would say things about her and I was like, oh, really? That's how you feel, (laughs) you know? So I think we learned things about our characters, too, on set, and that really fed um, the subsequent scenes. What an Adler way to shoot (laughs) it. Such an Adler way. Such an Adler way. I was just going to ask, how was, like, were you guys just, like, one big happy family? Because, yeah, yeah, like, just, like, you had to have worked together, you know, through this process so intimately. Yeah, yeah, it really did feel like that. I mean, we, in rehearsal, the couples really only rehearsed together. We did one, like, big game night with the group. And we all, we, we all we knew each other. We were all friends from school for the most part. Um, but then when, yeah, when we were on set, we were all living together and we did this for no money. So it was like everyone was helping cook and take out the trash and run water into set when we needed it and sunscreen and bug spray. And I feel like everyone essentially became a producer on that film yeah, because right. we couldn't take a huge crew. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was really all hands on deck all the time. Which is, a, it's kind of a lovely feeling where then people aren't like, well, that's not my job. I'm not doing that. You know, like yeah. when you, <laughs> you get to, which I would love to pay every actor. I think I love, I think paying people for their work and their art is very important, but it is a different kind of feel when you are kind of all just like, we're all here to make this story happen and we have no money and we're going to do it. So if that means I have to hold this boom mic or I have to do something I don't want to do, I'll do it. Right. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, no, it is. It's great. It's great when you have that. It's funny. I, I feel like that happens when you are on particular types of projects when they're not your baby per se, when you haven't been in there from like from the get-go. But it's also because I think sometimes you have to be in that place of like, okay, I would love to be able to help you right now, but I just can't. No, yeah, yeah, no, I know, there's, there's but, there, but it's like, yeah. no, no, it, but I know what like you're talking group, about. It's like group effort, kind like of thing. the group theater, perhaps, perhaps, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. maybe. Again, <laughs> like such an Adler, like you talking about that made me took me back to Ron Burris's class when he made when you went to China. Did you guys do that? Oh yes. 
Sorry to explain that. Okay. Every time we have an Adler present, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Ron Burris essentially is, he's a fucking genius. He's a genius. He literally blows your mind. Like you have class with him and you're like, I question everything I've ever known ever. Like that's, that that was my personal experience with it. I can't speak for you, Sarah. Same. Um, But one of the exercises he did was you go to China and you have to build how your character feels about going to China. And you literally put yourself in that world. You create the visual, what's in front of you, what's above you, what's on each side, below. And then like what the experience is that you have. So then when you go and they, he asks you about China, you know, oh, I don't even remember what the exact like thing that he would ask or what he would say, but he would ask you about China and how your response mirrors what your actual experiences are and how that it should be that way for your character yeah so it's amazing i mean now how many times do you have that kind of time for each of your characters with them in order to do that though especially with film and tv (laughs) but with you guys creating your relationship and your experience and how you have on that that like reminds me of that exercise in the sense of like you really got to know your surroundings and who each other are and what your relationship is to each other and like the little particulars, which I feel like is great. <laughs> there aren't very many times when you are really able to do that. Yeah. yeah, and that's one of the wonderful things about Will Sullivan is that he went to Adler and studied acting. And he also, he was in the NYU program with me and he double majored in film and television and theater and he was the first student to ever do that really yes um, a little overachiever huh yes he is <laughs> <laughs> i love those people yeah but i think he he's such an incredible director because he understands what it is to be an actor and and really learned all of that technique and he's so good at calling you out when you're phony but in the in the best possible way, he always I can't I can't even think of an example. But he'll ask you a question instead of being like, "That was a little phony. Let's try it again," yeah. which is the worst thing to say. Yeah, because like, it makes oh, you self conscious. Yeah, yeah it, cre- it doesn't create a safe space. It, no, like, not makes at all. It very combative. Yeah. yeah, he always asks the best questions or makes suggestions to try stuff. I remember the first film we did together. I was very much learning how to be on camera. And sort of pulling it down from a stage performance. But that sort of then made me a little stiff and Mm -hmm. like had this like shell on or something. And the first the first night of filming, I was nervous. So I think I was extra doing it. And he just took me out into the street and we were in Brooklyn in Bed-Stuy. He was like, could you just scream? (laughs) <laughs> like do a ha is what really what he yeah. said, <laughs> which is a vocal thing that we did at Adler, and he did it. He did it with me, but it was you know just about like releasing your voice, releasing your body, releasing all the tension, and I felt like an idiot. But then I went in and I was like, oh yeah, here it is. Yeah. Here <laughs> this I place am. that I want to be. This place where it's fun and this is all for fun. And so what am I doing if I'm getting all like tense and? Yeah, unfun about it. Well, that's the thing with film too; is it sees that on on stage. If you have those moments, you can work your way through them, and people aren't so close that they can see every. I mean, that you can feel it regardless, but you can't see it the same way you can on film. That's mm-hmm. that's what I noticed when I started transitioning into film. I'm like, oh wow, 
everyone can see this uncomfort that I feel. Yes. So you have to just like learn to let things go and to just like get used to seeing yourself. I think that's the hardest part about being on film as an actor is just getting used to seeing yourself. And like how you were saying earlier, just like, this is me. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just what it is. I think it's a control thing. I think it's yeah. just letting, it, it, it is. It's like letting go and accepting. Like, even if this doesn't end up the exact way that I thought it would, like allowing it to surprise you and allowing you it to take you on the journey the character goes through and not trying to like self-manifest that you know, what's happening. Right. Yeah. But again, being a person and the circumstances and then it unfolds. It does. Very, very. so easy. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) So we had to practice. Yeah. (laughs) How do you like being a producer? Yeah, that's just what I was going to ask. Elise, it's like you're in my brain. I know. We do that sometimes. I love it. Yeah. Um, It, I... I really felt like I had found a missing piece of my creative person when I produced That's Not Us. I went to acting school and chose to get to go to NYU because I wasn't sure if I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to explore and continue to do plays and creative stuff like that, but I needed a program that also had this liberal arts thing, which I think you've talked about before. We have talked yeah. about that. Um, <laughs> because I just, I was like, I can't do like movement exercises eight days a week. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, I wasn't sure. Yes. And I think I, I think I sort of convinced myself over the course of my conservatory training that I really wanted to be an actor. And whatever feedback I got, which I so appreciate, but also put me in the place of like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna like go on auditions and then book some roles and then that's how it will be. <laughs> Sometimes I wish we had a video camera. I know. Here. That look is everything, Sarah. It was. It was. Um, that did not work. It just <laughs> really? it didn't hmm. at Interesting. all. And I think it's because I, I've never been a type and I've never really been willing to play a type for my career. And I was spending all this time going on auditions and driving myself crazy about them for stuff that I really didn't even care about. Mm-hmm. Like I would be in mad anxiety attacks for two lines of a terrible character on a terrible show or a terrible film but it would ruin my week. Yeah. More than that sometimes. I would be dev- I would be so nervous going in and then I would be devastated when I didn't get it and I would feel terrible about myself and at a certain point I sort of took a step back and was like, "Whoa. This is not me at all." Um and so I think I started feeling like I need to do my own thing. I there's stories that I want to tell that I don't see out there. There's characters that I really want to play that I never see breakdowns for. And I'm really tired of people just telling me that I'm not a type, so they can't cast me. Like I'll, I'll make, I'll make my own type. Yes, <laughs> yes. There, there is a type for every human being oh, because every human being's stories matter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, and, and of course, like there are archetypes in store in all stories, but the variety of people that can do those things and the variety of stories that we can tell, even within that simple structure, is endless. So I think that producing really gave me that power to do my own stuff and made me feel like, oh, this is how I can, how I can make it happen. Because when I was just acting, I, I 
I felt like I had the ideas, but not the tools. Um, and I was really scared, I think. I think I was, like you were talking about earlier, um, using my day job as a crutch and sort of focusing on survival really got in the way for a long time. And it took, it took my friend Will telling me like, hey, you need to produce this film for me to say, okay, and be scared, but do it anyway. And once I started doing it, I just, I, I felt like a piece of me had come back in a way. I felt like a more whole human than I had in a long time. I think, well, sorry, go ahead, Leslie. <laughs> no, I was going to say that uh, there is something, too, that's so freeing about knowing that you can produce your own work and, and create opportunities for yourself. And we've talked about this so many times, but that's the reason, one of the reasons we have this podcast to begin with is to encourage people to take hold of that part of themselves and to just let it go because when you know you can create your own work you know that you'll constantly be able to be creative and get that part out of you that just is it has to be fed i mean and we all know what that means i think the fear of success kind of goes away because it you're does. not waiting on other people yes absolutely and it also gives you um a, a confidence so now you're going into the audition room and I, we've talked about this too you're going into the audition room and you're like well, if I get this, wonderful. But if I don't, I have all these other things I'm working on that are artistically fulfilling and they're t like it's my voice is going into them. Yeah. You know, and it matters. And I think that you end up booking stuff because you have that confidence. Totally. It's like, and, it's like a whole Yeah, and you're cycle. relaxed. So you're not you're not having that part of yourself because I had so much of the same experience that you did that I was like questioning everything. I was like, oh, I'm terrible. Am I really any good at this? Like to something I really want to do with my life because I don't fit anywhere either. Like, not really. Mm -hmm. TV, film, I feel like I fit more because it's more nuanced. But, and it's hard. It makes you, like, question everything about yourself. And it's just like, no, you shouldn't do that. You just have to find where your place is yeah. and make those own place, make that place for yourself. Yes. And then fuck everybody else. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a little extreme. Or invite them to the party. Are, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, you just made me sound mean. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just let them, let them be a part of it instead of worrying about you being this idea of what you think you have to be. Yeah. Cool. Do you think you'll venture into writing or directing? Or do you kind of, yes, yeah. Writing definitely. Yeah. I have not had the directing impulse at all. I'm not. I'm not quite sure why. It just has never. I think I like acting too much, and I know that I could never direct myself as an actor. I love working with directors. I feel like I need them. Yeah. <laughs> I just. I. I love that co collaborative relationship. Um, but writing, yes, and I'm actually. I'm working on a book right now that will hopefully be a TV series Ooh. one day. But um, my one of my best friends and I started writing letters to each other in 2012 when she had to move to London because her mother was diagnosed with cancer. And we had just met doing a show, but we really connected in, I think, a similar way that you two did. It just felt like this is a special person in my life and I really want to be with her and she makes me want to do stuff and all of that good friendship vibes. Um, 
and I was I was in a place where I was yeah questioning everything and not not really knowing what to do with myself and I just needed an outlet and so I said could we just could we just write to each other and the only rule is that it has to be every day and it can be anything it can be gibberish it can be one word it can be a song I don't care what it is but just it has to be every day and we kept that up for about two years oh. and through that process so many things changed for me so many things changed for her her mother passed away she um found love i found love and sort of had a i think a new creative energy come into my life and we've been editing all of those into what is now probably eight months <laughs> of content but i think it's really just about friendship and how when you find a real friend, you really see yourself in a different way and you feel supported in a way that is unlike anything else. I can see that as a TV show too. Oh man, like, that's beautiful. Like in two different cities and like these two women navigating it and this connection, like, and it kind of, I have to ask, were they handwritten or were they? They were emails. There were emails? a couple okay. of handwritten okay. ones that we gave to each other, but yeah, for the most part, they were emails. Okay, cool. I was just curious. <laughs> I am. I write letters all the time. I find it so much easier than talking to people. And so there's been so many times in my life where I've like written someone a letter. <laughs> and actually, that's how my mother, if she was really mad at me or if she was like worried about me, she would write me a letter and she would give it to me. And then we would like talk about it. Well, because sometimes when you're mad, you say stuff. And if you can write it down and do it in a very loving, kind way. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's a way totally to keep from coming that. off in a way that you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. You can, censor is a bad word. You can navigate through words that will be more helpful than harmful. Well, and it makes you decide what you want your words to really be, mm -hmm. you know, because words are very powerful. And yeah. if you're having, if you're discussing something, you know, very difficult or it's an, or you're, there's strong emotions on mm -hmm. it from each end, it's very easy for it to, to be taken, I mean, that's all about communication. Probably right. goes back to your film, like yeah, miscommunication. Right. Right. You know, how many times have you said one thing and your partner has taken it the complete opposite way and you're like, no, I did not mean it that way. Uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's called being married. Yeah, I think it's just called being a human. Um, yeah. I mean, my foot permanently resides in my mouth. Yeah. So, I mean, not just that with, too. Yeah. It's yeah. a whole nother story. Um, so, you have all of this stuff going on, right? And you also are a part of a theater company. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. It's the, the private The private theater, theater. right? Yes. Uh, the private theater started by John Gold Rubin, I think in the 70s, actually, when he first came to New York um, or was first like living here as an artist. And... Then he started Labyrinth also. He was one of the founding artistic directors and the private theater went away for a little while. But then I met him in 2009, I guess. He directed my last show at Adler. It was the oh, first wow. show that he directed at the studio. And there was something about him that suddenly like took all my fear away about acting and about the process. I think he's just such a kind person but also so excited about the work and 
He's very, he's very genuine and incredibly smart and insightful about the work that he does. And it just, it felt like the work was really, really, really fun instead of anxiety producing. And, <laughs> and, and so then I, I graduated and uh, had some free time as a result of a terrible job that I took that paid me a lot of money that then I quit and then I didn't have to work for six months or something. But um, I assisted John on a show, another show that he was directing and we became pretty fast friends. And he said that he wanted to sort of restart this, this theater company and his whole, I feel like his whole MO with his work is to confront the audience in a way that they are not expecting. And so he does a lot of like reimagined classical works. The first show that he did when he got the theater company back together was had a gabbler, oh, and he did it a in show. a townhouse. Um, oh. And Caitlin Fitzgerald played Hedda, and it was you know it's like was like twenty five seats basically, and it was sold out every night because everyone wanted to get get in there and be a part of it. Um, and then we did playing with fire, which is a Strindberg one act at the box, which I don't know if you know that. Mm -hmm. place. Uh -huh. I do. Yeah. That was a wild, crazy time. Yeah. The box. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had, I've never been there, but I've heard stories from people of birthday parties. And so our show played before the, the, the show, the show, the show. show. Yeah. Um, and it was really funny cause you know, we would, we would come in, I don't know, at five or something and everything was slightly moist because they spray down all of the couches and the floors, I think, oh after boss. every night. It's a great way to describe it. And it's definitely not a place you want to see with the lights on. I can't wait to tell my husband that. Because he had a friend's, like, 30th birthday party there. Uh -huh. I wasn't able to go. And I'm going to tell him, like, they had to spray down the... <laughs> that is hilarious exactly, and disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, all awesome. all yeah. at the same time. But it, it was such a it was such a fun show. It was, it, I mean, it was kind of crazy. It was very multimedia. We had a cast of twelve, I think, who were rotating six different parts. So different actors were playing the same role in different parts of the play. And oh, that's cool. Um, the pre-show was longer than the actual show. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it was a wild and crazy time but he continues to make such like beautiful challenging work he's directing a show right now at the west side theater called turn me loose uh, about dick gregory and joe morton plays dick gregory and he's stunning he's it's an acting lesson just go it's so great <laughs> um and the next thing the private theater is doing is we're going up to the dorset theater in vermont and workshopping a doll's house oh, a new adaptation of the dolls, of the dolls play too. yeah it's a good one yeah. These are all great. It's, is it really inspiring to try to to work on old, old like old work on classic material and then to have a new take on them? Because I because the work, the words, the way everything's structured, it's so beautiful in classical theater. It's so I can only imagine like how fulfilling it is. Yeah, it's. Um, I think that. Ibsen and Chekhov are two of the greatest writers ever. And every time I read their plays, I'm like, oh, God, how did they 
do this. There's so much there and it seems so simple. And yet it's like Shakespeare. You can read it again and again and again and again and you learn new things every time. And I could play those parts for the rest of my life and never figure it all out. Um, People say I, that too. Like, uh, who was it that played Richard III like 20 times? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> but like, I, I just re- like re- remember this interview and it was like, I hadn't, I hadn't figured it out. I played it seven times already. I hadn't figured it out yet. So we we're going to do it another time. You right. know, like, yeah, you're, you're always discovering and you're always finding nuance that mm-hmm. you haven't found before. Yeah. And I think too, as your life, as, as you get older, you have different experiences that help you understand a multitude of relationships. And mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, like even, even when you're 20, 20, 21 in theater school, you have this minute experience of being an adult and having adult relationships. Mm-hmm. And then as you, as you age, you have a better understanding and more life. And that just enriches your characters and your, your ability to, to play them too. Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like so many older actors are just so great effortlessly. Yeah. And of course it's not without effort. They've lived an entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Which takes so much effort, Which let me is, tell you. <laughs> yes, they had to do so much work to get to the person that they are now. But they just have that, all those experiences are within them so they don't have to manufacture anything. They're so comfortable and, in their skin. Mm-hmm. That's one thing like, I think just, I mean, I feel that even now than I, more comfortable in my skin now than I did 10 years ago. You oh, know, you just get, yes. you know, you're, you get to know yourself, you know, why you do what you do and mm-hmm. you get to love yourself and accept it and yes. be like, okay, maybe I didn't originally love that, but I, this is me. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to love it. You know, all I got. Yeah. Definitely. Well, is there anything, is there anything else that you want to talk to us about as far as like what you have? Because you have another, a musical that you're in development with as well that I read. Yes. So that, that is my um, survival job. Okay. uh, That doesn't sound like a bad survival job. No, it's really great. I, I love it actually. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I decided that I needed to, to stop having the survival jobs that just left me exhausted and with no money (laughs) so I started looking to assist producers and get more into producing and learn about that so um the musical is called Happy Trails and it's about Roy Rogers and Dale Evans (laughs) which is so funny to me because my association with that is like fried chicken (laughs) (laughs) is this is has there been advertising for this? I feel like no, not really. There's no. been a couple of press releases about okay. creative team members who have joined, has but there, have there been auditions or anything? No, oh, it okay. won't be until probably the end of 2017. Okay, yeah, okay. we don't have a theater yet or any of that stuff. Okay. But there are many stages. Oh my gosh, yeah, especially musicals. Oh, People don't yes. understand. Yeah, they don't understand. They think it's like written and done and it goes up on Broadway and. Right. Well, that's Big why and... one of our guests, like Nick Walker, I don't know if you know, you know I Nick. I do know Nick. Yeah, he's awesome. in my class. Oh my God. I love him. Um, but he was talking about his project, Whiskeyland. Mm-hmm. And like when you talk from start to finish, like musicals take, I think they take longer than anything else. I think almost. so too. They're very think, intricate with the music and well, the lyrics and the book and yeah. choreography. And, and yeah, there are you know, staging so and... many stages, but yeah, it takes a, it takes a long time. Yes. So you're producing. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assistant to the lead producer, who is very much a, a business person. This is his first musical foray, and it's really fascinating to learn about the commercial side of theater and how all of those things come together to make people actual money, which is never something I've cared about particularly as an artist. No, we just, <laughs> we just want to make art, right? And then we right. need those producers that are like, no, we need to make money. Right, but I wow. actually want people to be rich because of this. Yes. So, yeah, it's fascinating to observe all of that. So, so is yeah. that you think that's going to help you with your next projects? I mean, maybe it feels like such a different animal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one day there will be the commercial idea that comes, and then I'll be like, and I learned all these things. Yeah. Now I can do them. <laughs> but not even using it fully in the commercial sense, but like, is there, I feel like there's there's probably something from producing on that particular level that you have been like, huh, well, I guess I could implement this thing into. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe not. It's funny because like the money is just such a huge factor in in this kind of thing and it's I feel like so much of what I'm trying to do is figure out how to do things without the money and it's almost you know when you're operating at this level there are things that are extraordinarily more difficult because money is involved but then other things that are just so easy because you have tons of money you need marketing you just pay the largest marketing firm a large sum and they will do it all for you and you you know you you hire a director with a really big name and you hire a composer who knows exactly what to do and the people to talk to and um so much of what i observe is like what i guess what i've really learned is that there are those people out there who five million dollars is not a lot of money to them and they talk wow. about it like it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> and I think I have sort of gotten over my own fear of asking for money in that way. Wow. Um, Teach which, me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Help. Help. <laughs> you just do it. You That's, just do it's, it. You know, they, we go to lunch and you talk about anything but the project for yes. most of the time. Yes. And then at a certain point, someone sort of like lays down a brochure and is like, so, you know, beginning investments start at $250,000. You should really check it out if you're interested. Talk about sports, talk about politics. Nice to meet you. Goodbye. Follow up with an email and then one bank transfer later, they have a point of equity and you have the money in the bank. And it's about the relationship. That, yeah. You know, you go to lunch and you you make a connection with somebody and then they want to be a part right. of your project. Yeah. And then when you approach it in that way, it's it's not as hard to ask probably. Because yeah. I mean, well, that's what we're constantly like working on is like just building relationships. And I guess you should approach getting money in the same way. Yeah, and it's figuring out, you know, what is that person, why are they interested in this idea? What are they going to get out of it? Whether it's they really want to be at the premiere or they really, really relate to one of these characters and think that the story is important to be told. Or maybe they just love you. That's a that's a thing that I think we all need to sort of recognize is that there are people out there who are just really invested in us and... They'll, they'll give us money because they want to see us succeed. Mm-hmm. And lucky us. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We need, we, we need 
I need many them showing their love and support. It's not money's just energy, right? So it's their it's their contribution. You know, maybe they they can't write a song for the show or they can't, you know, direct the show, but they, you know, that's what they have and that's Mm -hmm. their gift to the project. So that's a really beautiful thing too. Do you think being an actor helps you be a better producer? Yes. Yeah, because so much of it is just people skills, you know, dealing with different personalities and rallying people around an idea, um, encouraging people when they need encouragement, and <laughs> I was going to say berating people when they need to be berated. Wow, <laughs> you know how much try that not helps. to do that. What yeah. advice would you give an actor who's like? Maybe I'd like to produce. Like what? Like you kind of fell into it because someone mm-hmm. asked you to. Yeah. You know? Would you just? I don't know. What would you say to somebody that? I don't I'd know. Say just do it. Do it. Yeah. Just like find get a involved. That you want to make happen and just put one foot in front of the other. Yes. Yeah. That's what we like here. Yeah. Just pick up, it out. pick up your tool and do it. Yeah. <laughs> make yeah. something. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it will be great or it will be okay or it'll be terrible, but. About the You'll journey. Learn something. Yes. About the journey, not Absolutely. The, the end result. And yes. then you get better. Yeah. And hopefully. That hopefully. Means hopefully. Better. <laughs> hopefully you get better. Um, well, thank you so much for coming and sitting down and talking with us. It's been absolutely lovely. Um, tell tell everyone where they can find you and what they need to be paying attention to. So we're going to be launching a crowdsourcing for stories campaign for the ring thing. We're looking to talk to same-sex couples or individuals who have been married, divorced, long-term relationships. Maybe you think marriage is stupid and that no one should get married. Um, We're looking to talk to everybody about all of those things. About long-term relationships. Um, Yeah, and marriage. And marriage. Um, So theringthingmovie.com is where all that information will be. And you can watch That's Not Us on Netflix and iTunes and Amazon. Woo-hoo. And you can go to that's not us.com if you're interested in going there. <laughs> you guys should definitely check it out. Yeah. Definitely. I know. I'm I'm again, there's just not enough time this this week to watch things, but I like saw the trailer and Somebody like, was somebody incredible. was telling me they were trying to watch a movie a week. A, like a new movie a week just to that's a great goal it's a great goal right and it's a fun goal like who doesn't want to watch a movie You're a like, week oh no I like, have to watch a movie for my job <laughs> <laughs> like awesome who doesn't want to do that goal. so put Sarah's on that list yes yes <laughs> and as far as social media social media you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and I'm a really bad social media person, so all of my handles are slightly different. This is actually funny. There's another Sarah Wharton in the city who is an actor, <laughs> and like she's a comedian. She does a lot of stuff, stand up and stuff. And so like the pit will like tweet at me, being like, "Great show tonight." I'll be like, "No." no. <laughs> You're like, "Thank oh, you." But that's not do me. you tweet? You should tweet back and be like, "This I, is." Wrong, Sarah. Wrong, Sarah Wharton. <laughs> yeah. Or she'll sign out space at Ripley Greer and friends will text me being like, you're here, so am I. I'm like, no. 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 You're like, that's not me. Um, but uh, yeah, Instagram at Sarah Amory. Twitter is at Sarah A. Wharton. And 
Facebook, I think it's just Sarah Wharton. I don't know. Just <laughs> I think search it is. Sarah I think Wharton. Well, I mean, we'll have all the information we'll, we'll below the so that they yeah, can yeah, get to it. So they it. can yeah. just click on it. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. It was so nice spending time talking to you was... and realizing that I knew who you were already and actually getting <laughs> to have a good conversation was very pleasant. It, that goes back to our friend request thing we were talking about earlier on Facebook. Oh, exactly. 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 Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. It was a pleasure. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.